Welcome to Stateside F1. I'm Joe Leonardo. Meow. That man making the sound of, I'm going to say, us talking about Vegas is Andrew Berger. How y'all doing? Good to be here. Today, we have a very special guest. One of the Burger Boys is joining us, Matthew Berger. And we talk everything from F1 Las Vegas to everything, everywhere, all at once. Did I say the name of the movie correct? Yes, you did. Awesome. I actually read today, um, the Renault chief technical uh, director, Mr. Chester, is set to work for Andretti F1 in the, in, uh, the new era of Formula One. What's going on with Andretti? What's happening with that? I haven't heard any recent updates. I'm surprised he took a job for a company that may not exist. It's like a startup. almost. I was surprised, like. <laughs> too. He's getting on board early. Yeah, I mean, it's not looking good for startups. After this, after this weekend, startups are not looking good. <laughs> I just think Andretti holds a lot of crypto. That's why he's able to have a Formula, a Formula One team and IndyCar and, and everything. It's got to be crypto. Crypto? Crypto's worthless. It's it's all an idea. Depends on the day. I mean, money's also worthless, but you know. Well, I think the whole thing is that money is backed by the institution of a government, where crypto is backed by the idea that we all have to agree that it has value. I guess money is the same thing, yeah. but I feel like that extra layer of like the United States as a country isn't just going to disappear, at least, you know, hopefully not. Well, we'll so see. you can you can kind of be like, hey, this is going to be around a while. This money's going to the, the value is going to fluctuate, but it's going to exist. Where like crypto, yeah. you can come up with a new coin and then a week later be like, ah, never mind. JK, LOL. Lulz. All my money is invested in Dogecoin. I made a lot of money off Dogecoin back in the day. Like Did you really? Two years ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. If you don't mind disclosing, how much are we talking? My friend jokingly said, buy, buy Dogecoin. I'm like, okay, I'll throw in like $50. Like, sure. And then I, I pulled out like 200 So net 150 Wow. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like two weeks later, it just shot up. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to ride this wave. Let me just sell now. What about your capital gains tax? Yeah, get fucked. I don't know. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think making $150, they're not going to... Like, you have to get taxed. I think you have to make a lot more money. Exactly. Oh no, no, don't you? You get taxed on any capital gains, but it's like three percent or something. I think in New York it's seven percent. Dogecoin was so volatile that if I had held it for at the time what I thought was like any longer than an hour, <laughs> I was going to probably lose it all. So yeah. I'd rather pay the tax and make some money than have the potential of not uh, losing it all. So no, exactly. I have this conspiracy that there was a big pump and dump that happened with Dogecoin because of Elon Musk and hosting SNL. <laughs> yeah i remember oh, it definitely happened yeah there was like weeks before he was gonna host snl like that reddit subreddit that was like dogecoin if he mentions it it's the numbers are gonna go up oh yeah wall are, street bets dude yes I know that wall street page. bets so they're yeah. they're pumping a ton of money into dogecoin and then he hosts snl and right before he takes stage i think it was right before the monologue it just completely crashed my guess what happened is that elon just basically was saying hey you know, invest in a Dogecoin and Dogecoin LOL, hashtag Doge Life or whatever the hell he was saying. And then right before he hit SNL, he just had his people cash out right before he hit the stage. I think he just basically just 
ripped off a bunch of people. Well, did he tweet? Like, he doesn't have a stake in Dogecoin, so did he tweet about it? Like, how did it change before he... He doesn't have a stake in it, but he's definitely a huge investor in it. And I think mm. right before he took the stage, his holding company or whoever controls his money just pulled all of, all of it out. Wow, that sounds kind of illegal. It's not, though. That's why it, this crypto is so crazy. Yeah. Because none of this is regulated. It's just Wild West Confederate money. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, none of it means anything all right so where do you guys want to dive in first should we hit on uh saudi arabia should we speak about uh bahrain oh yeah i have to look at the track let's talk saudi arabia we did bahrain last week so what i remember from it's in Jeddah, right yeah the, uh west coast of saudi arabia and yeah when i remember last year it's a really i think it was the last the first time that uh formula one visited Jeddah last year and it was it's a very tight street circuit, kind of like Miami. It's purpose built, but it's a street circuit, but very narrow. Um, and there was what Mick Schumacher crashed in qualifying. Was it last year? Really big crash where his oh, car yeah. kind of split yes. in half. It split in two. Yeah, I mean, it, this is just going to be Red Bull one two, and I think a Ferrari third. Are they fast in the turns? Doesn't matter. They just have. They're just good, and there's no consistency in Ferrari. Vassor, they're cutting a lot of people off the team. There's been at least three firings of, from you know the major positions in the team. And Fred Vassor said no one's safe. <laughs> well, no one should be safe because the team has been underperforming for a couple of years at this point. They, or they may have had the car, but they're underperforming in terms of strategy and management. So, oh yeah. Worst case, which is what they're kind of doing right now, clean house and, and rehire and, and reassess your position. Uh, that's kind of what they need right now. They need an overhaul, but also not complete overhaul because they're still trying to win races. Do you think the mindset is that they're fighting for a championship or just survival for 23? No way. Survival. Survival is fair. I wouldn't blame them for thinking that, but if they want to have any success, their mindset needs to be vying for titles, vying for wins. The Mercedes mindset is literally this is a rebuild year. I think Lewis flat out said, or George, one of them flat out said, like, we're not in contention this year. This is just, we're focusing on 24. Right. Well, it's obvious they need they need to spend more time and money developing their car. Uh, they need the, the concept they chose didn't work out for them. No. But Ferrari had a great car at the beginning of last year, and just just it did not translate to uh, meaningful points. It translated to some race wins and a lot of hope for Ferrari fans in the entire country of Italy, but didn't get that far. So they still have the car for it, kind of like Red Bull towards the end of the Turbo Hybrid era. They weren't fighting for the title necessarily, but they were still fighting for wins. And if you have that mindset, you can eke out a win here and there to really push development. What's your thoughts on Aston Martin? Matthew's been an Aston Martin fan since their inception. (laughs) Yeah, right above my computer right here, I have this big Aston Martin flag that I bought like right when they released it basically nice big aston martin fan and el plan is working out at the moment for alonso and and i have a lot of hope i obviously they're not going to win a championship but a couple Mm. podiums here and there alonso can get his 100th podium which will be really cool and aston martin also has this new factory new plan Mm -hmm. opening up right near silverstone that isn't even online yet so if they're having this success now where are they going to be in two years once they're moved in and working in this new factory? 
probably have a lot better resources, right? And be able to develop at a much better pace and create a much better car. So the future's looking really bright for Aston Martin. You'll have George Russell or uh, or Lando Norris knocking on the front door of the Aston Martin headquarters. Imagine if like Fernando is still driving. Like like think of like how old Fernando is. He'll be like getting in the car with a cane. What's crazy to me is Fernando's been racing for a long time, obviously, in Formula One, what, 2001 or something? Sebastian Vettel yeah. entered Formula One, won four titles, left, and Alonso is still here. Granted, he had his like year or two of, of hiatus, but like he's still racing in Formula One, which is unreal. It's wild. Also, like Hamilton, too. I mean, he's not gone yet, but he's kind of spiritually gone. Do you think Hamilton's going to be around when Mercedes finally gets their crap together hmm. yeah i think there's basically synonymous um there were f- a couple years there when for- mercedes first re-entered formula one where it was just nico rosberg and michael schumacher but really since L- lewis went over to mercedes he's won races won tight so many titles and he's synonymous with mercedes and formula one right now but that was with the switch into the hybrid era correct when, when what was the year yeah. they went hybrid 2014 2014 and what year did lewis start with mercedes <laughs> I thought it was 2013, um, but it may have been right at the turn of the turbo hybrid era. I forget yeah, you know, the exact year. They Mercedes came out in 2012 because that's when Schumacher came back and Hamilton went in 2014. Schumacher hung out for two more years. It was probably, a, well, the second year was definitely a PR stunt. And then, uh, you know, and then Hamilton came in and kicked ass. Who do you think on the grid has uh, the most potential right now? That's not one of the top guys are you talking racers or teams racers so that's a great question i really want to be a fan of logan Sargent. he's american he I, I don't know his exact story yet i haven't done much sleuthing but you know presumably he left to race in europe at a young age so he's been away from him from an american from his family for a long time and he's really put everything he had into formula one he made it so he's really got to prove himself um so i really want to be a logan Sargent fan Oscar Piastri as well. There's a reason there was a lot of talk about him last year, and it wasn't only because he had that little spat with Alpine. He's a really talented driver too. And still, George Russell's young. Lennon Norris is really young. Hell, we can even throw Lance Stroll in there. He's still a young guy who has some potential, and he's had podiums in his past. Um, there's a lot of young drivers to be very excited about. Lance with his broken wrists performing so well just shows the potential with a good car. Um, but you brought up Logan, man, best of the rookies in Bahrain. Fantastic. And I do feel like him being in Williams, it's just, yes, there's pressure to perform, but also there's like this thing that's like, Hey, I'm at Williams. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like pressure's off. (laughs) The pressure's off a little bit. It's not like with Piastri or Nick DeFries even it's Williams has this, his odor to it that kind of allows you to be like, I didn't fart. The room stinks. (laughs) <laughs> if that metaphor makes sense <laughs> i think logan's also going about it in what appears to be a very different uh state of mind than how george russell when he was at williams george russell was pushing the team fully committed um you know really selling himself to move to a team like mercedes right uh, whereas logan Sargent, this is still the dawn of his career like it was with george russell so yes there's i think a taste of we're in a williams we're not going to win races but if we get 10th position that's great i mean honestly that's phenomenal um but there's also an air of needing to be fully committed and not shit talk your own team 
Yes. But this season, Williams is looking halfway decent. What did they end up? They it was Logan was twelfth. I think yeah. uh, Alexander Valbar. Albon was P nine. Did he? and is then yeah, ended in the points. Yeah, yeah. That's right. McLaren is the one that's the most embarrassing, and and it's got to be the biggest ego blow. How did they just like the bed so fantastically? They made a mistake in development somewhere. I mean, I was talking about this with my friend when we were watching. I forget if it was qualifying or FP three something on Saturday. And I forget if they had this last year or if it's new this year. McLaren has these advertisements on the side of their car, right? Oh, yeah. Next to the cockpit. Are you talking about the e-ink? Yeah, the e-ink. So, like, it was changing (laughs) displays and doing all this cool stuff. It's just really cool. But um, my friend who's a mechanical engineer, he looked at me and said, you know, it adds a little bit of weight, a bit more than a sticker. And that's, that's not exactly the answer. But, you know, if something is so public and open everyone sees it and then the car is shit you have to point to something mercedes is foregoing paint that's how much they're trying to reduce yeah. weight and you have you have a uh, mclaren throwing ipads all over the car you know I, I don't know if it brings in a lot of a lot more sponsorship dollars like why they would make that decision when every little bit of weight counts it does. And it was a big topic last year as well. I think to start the season, only Alfa Romeo Sauber was at the minimum weight, uh, whereas every other team was, you know, no, there's never numbers, but presumably way over it. The fact that it was a big issue last year, McLaren seems to not have taken notes and then put iPads all around the car and hoped that their engineering team could figure something out. And evidently they couldn't. I wonder what the yep. thought process is for that because they're not like hurting for money. I, I, that feels like a Haas move. It's like, hey, we need more money, more sponsors. Let's throw billboards all over the car. Like we're on the side of the highway. Uh, it was just such a weird thing for them to do, especially with everyone doing everything they can to reduce the weight of that car. Yeah, I, I hope the Mercedes stays black, honestly. I, I'm not a fan of the Silver Arrows anymore. I like the heritage of it. The fact that the reason they were silver in the first place was Germans were so crazy. And every, you know, back in uh, the 20s for early racing, every country had their own color. But Germany was silver because that was the color of metal without paint. And they wanted to save as much weight, you know, crazy German engineering. So it's cool heritage. But yeah, the black Mercedes F1 car looks so much cooler. Which is funny because I feel like with the story you just told, the black fits the story of them not using paint and just showing which is now carbon fiber which was before Mm -hmm. you know metal so it it is truer to the original reasoning and back on the uh issue of of paint for formula one cars it may have been back in the 2010s when mclaren was a mercedes so they had the silver arrow and they had the vodafone sponsorship um mercedes not only contributed their engine for that era but they also spent countless millions of dollars trying trying to develop this paint that was chrome and reflective, but also very light. Um, so it's funny that we're at the point now where they're just saying, screw that paint because it's way too heavy and it doesn't make much sense for marketing anymore. That was such an iconic looking car. I love the, the Vodafone cars. Oh, they were great. And when they raced in America, they were Verizon. Oh, it was so cool. Oh, really? I didn't even realize that. That's so funny. <laughs> Hi everybody, Joe Leonardo here. And this is Andrew Berger. 
Along with being the hosts of Stateside F1, Andrew and I are audio engineers with thousands of hours of podcast experience. Between the both of us, we've worked with a wide variety of companies from Google to Discovery as editors, mixers, sound designers, and even social media managers. If it's a companion podcast for a TV show or just a hobby among friends, we can help you with your podcast. Feel free to reach out to us at statesideF1 at gmail.com. Speaking of uh, driving in America, I'm pretty psyched about Vegas just because I have so many ads on my Twitter and on my Instagram for Vegas. When you guys like scroll on social media, is every other post about Vegas in Formula One? Not for me. For me, it's taking courses. Damn. And podcasting. Your FBI agent wants you to take more classes, I guess. <laughs> I, I graduated college and audio school, so I didn't think I needed to take any more courses. Maybe advertisers know your grades. Yeah, probably. That that's probably why they're like you. Well, need that's more the classes. case. Andrew shouldn't get any, and I should get all the advertisements. <laughs> oh, but uh, no, I haven't gotten really many advertisements for Vegas. It's always in the back of my mind because it's going to be insane. And Vegas, this did pop up on my social media scrolling. They're building this big globe that's going to be a theater. Yeah, and they're going to race around that. That just sounds so awesome. I can't wait for that spectacle. It's William Shakespeare's dream come true. Liter- a literal globe theater. <laughs> <laughs> it looks pretty net. It looks pretty dope. I think they're almost done building it. Yeah. But the track itself is terrible. It looks like someone drew like a pig. Yeah, it's a pig. You know, the tracks don't <laughs> need to look right or look fun from their aerial view as long as they A, produce a good show, B, produce good racing. Not specifically in that order. Well, by looking at the track, wouldn't you be able to tell if it will support good racing? There's a lot of straightaways. Yeah. There's a one real hard chicane. I guess two. Oh, my God. Th- that Spears. is totally a pig. You're right, Andrew. I'd never realized that until now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I, this doesn't seem like an exciting track. It would only be exciting if they only allowed one pit stop and it had to be after the third lap or it had to be after before lap 20. And during your pit stop, you need to stop in the casino and uh, throw 100 on black. And depending on the result, <laughs> it dictates how long you need to sit stationary for a penalty. Yes, and then you have to dance around the car three yeah, times. Yeah, <laughs> it's Vegas. And then you have to run to like the horse track and bet on the horses, wait for that race to end, and then you get back in your yeah. car. You know, the horse racing is is... Definitely number one compared to Formula One. It's all the oh team God. principals running around. They're the horses. <laughs> can you imagine Max Verstappen? Come on, I need you to win this race so I can get back in my car. If we're talking about F1 team principals going horse racing, or race being jockeys on horses, I, my money's on Toto Wolf. He's too big for being a jockey. Yeah, but, oh, he's going to fucking slap that horse's ass with his whip and, and tell that horse to go faster. <laughs> that horse is going to beat it. Please go faster. My guess is Horner. I feel like he's like a, he does skeet shooting. He does all like the British stuff. He seems like a guy who owns like a dressage horse. I could see that. A what horse? A dressage horse. It's like a horse that kind of like dances. And it's it's an Olympic sport. It's very (laughs) weird. Uh, There's that famous video of, um, of with, at the Olympics, Snoop Dogg and Kevin Hart announcing. Snoop and Kevin Hart. Yeah. Oh, I got to put them in a video. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh, this horse is doing the crip walk, man. <laughs> yeah, this horse is crip walking, cuz. Oh, my God. I got to throw him in a video. That was the best. Yeah, that's the best. Um, What's going on with qualifying? Are, aren't they changing something? Did, didn't they want to do like um, you have to qualify on all three compounds? I haven't heard anything regarding that. Um, and they're trying to include more hard tire usage in the, for the weekend in general, but I haven't heard of any change to qualifying. Uh, oh, they're going to trial it. So yeah, they're going to trial a tweaked qualifying format in 23. I heard about it on um, the post show, either for yeah. for practice or for qualifying from uh, in last week. And someone just kind of mentioned it off the cuff. And I was like, I don't think they're going to like this. If I remember correctly, someone correct me if I'm wrong, but it's you have to use all three compounds. That sounds right. Oh my god! I just oh, I opened an article, and of course, some my ad blocker is now not allowing me to view it. So I'll just put it out there, and hopefully, it's true. Oh wow! The Wynn Hotel is going to be in the background of the track. That's I think that's the fanciest hotel you could stay at in Vegas. Well, isn't the tallest hotel as well? No, isn't that the Guitar Hotel, or is that not the in Hard Las Rock Vegas? Hotel? Yeah, I've been to Vegas, but I've spent the night in Atlantic City for a bachelor party. I think we stayed at the Bellagio. That was ridiculous. Wait, you were in Vegas, That's but cool. then you went to Atlantic City. I'm confused. No, I'm comparing both cities, which are both like. That's what I want. I want Atlantic City to have a Formula One race. And a sports team. Yeah, and what? Everything. On the boardwalk? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> They'll have just a go-karting race. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it looks like Las Vegas has the literal building shaped like a guitar. Um, and the guitar strings are lights that go up into the sky. So keep an eye out for that during the uh, Las Vegas F1 coverage. I never flew into Vegas, but I flew over Vegas. And um, it is literally in the middle of nowhere. It's in the desert. Like, yeah. The, like they say, it's in the desert. But obviously, you know, you just hear like, oh, it's in the desert. I'm like, okay, it's dry. But, you know, there's things around. But no, it is literally just there's nothing. Then there's a small suburb. And then there's Las Vegas. And then it's back to nothing. There is nothing out there. And all that water is like squeezed from the rocks and pumped from hundreds of miles away. You know what I mean? It is against God. I would hate to squeeze rocks and try to get water. <laughs> it's a mo- it's like Tatooine. It's moisture farming on Tatooine. <laughs> oh God. I have a friend from Las Vegas, and the first thing he did when he moved to Boston was buy a bike. Because if you ride around in Las Vegas, you're either going to ride five miles just to get anywhere or sweat to death. So he was so happy to live in like a condensed city like Boston. Dude, I could never live out west. Just from the showers, like the low pressure their showers have because they have to conserve water. I, I feel oh, as no. dirty going into the shower as I do coming out. No. I heard they have great tacos in Las Vegas, though. Well, then we got to go the try tacos. tacos shower or no shower. We got to get good tacos. Let's get filthy and eat some tacos. <laughs> yes. Oh, they have in, in and like out burger, night. too, I'm seeing. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so we need to mention Jean Tot at the Oscar is looking like a snack. I didn't know Michelle Yeoh was also 60 years old. She looks like she's in her 40s. It's, she looks great. I don't know what it is, but she looks Some great. Some good moisturizer or something. And her and Jean have been yeah. partners for 20 years at this point. They met in the early 2000s, I read. 
Yeah, that's right. Yeah. They met during, I think, his last year at Ferrari. Right. So, and also get this, Michelle is quite fond and has a close relationship with Mick Schumacher. Because, you know, growing up, Jean was team principal at Ferrari. Michael Schumacher was there. So she was always around Mick. Uh, and she oh, had wow. given him a lot of advice over the years. What advice did she give him? I don't know. Well, I was thinking of that How to too. fight with a sword? The, the article... I f- how to what? <laughs> how to fight with a sword? <laughs> she was in Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. That's an awesome movie, by the way. Oh, it's fantastic. I think it was Ang Lee, right? Yeah, dude. Yeah. Yeah, he made uh, that movie. He made The Hulk. He did um, Brokeback Mountain. He did um, another one I can't remember. Did he do the one with the tiger? Was that like, Did he do Life of Pi as well? Yeah, he did. He did. Yeah. I I need to rewatch Life of Pi because when I saw it, I had no idea what was happening. Yeah, I think I watched the movie before I read the book, so I also didn't really know what was happening. Thank you for listening to Stateside F1. And big thank you to our guest today, Matthew Berger. Please like, comment, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your sweet, sweet podcast content. Follow us on Instagram at Stateside F1 and TikTok at Stateside F1 Podcast. And feel free to DM us. Send us memes, comments, questions, suggestions, etc. We will respond and follow you back. See y'all next week. See you later. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>